Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 202 of Sap King's Therapy. Uh, in this episode, we are going to talk a little bit, well, basically recap the rest of the California Classic. There's basically three games to go over. Or was it two? No, no, two games three. to go over. No, no, uh, well, I covered the first one. Uh, oh, oh, I see. Okay. I covered the first one. And uh, yeah, and so there's two other ones we're going to cover. We'll talk a little bit about Summer League. The Kings have not played yet. They'll play tomorrow on Saturday. And then we'll talk we'll, we'll talk a bit about, you know, just some Kings news about, possi- about possible trade possibilities. Um, and also some hires they've made and some of the staff they did not retain. Uh, and also, I will ask Fong about some of the stuff that has happened since we we specifically last spoke. Um, and uh, yeah, so let's get started. Uh, as you can hear, Fong is here. He uh, oh. did know that there were three California Classic games. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay, so um, you, you were on vacation during this time. I won't disclose where you went. That is that is top secret classified information, but. Uh, I assume you were not able to watch it since you were on vacation. No, and I'm assuming you could stream <laughs> these games as well, huh? I was, uh, they were there. Uh, I, I found sources that some of them took a little bit more digging than usual, but I was able to find them. Granted, some of the streams, especially for Summer League, I found are janky as all hell. Like they'll be showing baseball games, they'll cut out randomly. It, it is it is not top tier streaming. I'll just say mm, that. Yeah, lots of baseball games going on. I mean, saw a couple like uh, Dodgers versus uh, San Diego, but yeah, eh, we'll find something for when Las Vegas comes because I'm pretty sure it's a lot bigger. I'm gonna assume than the California Classic. We shall see. I've had issues with uh, summer league as well, unfortunately. Uh, but mm. well, let, let's talk a little bit about the California Classic. So the first game. Uh, Keegan Murray had an amazing game. I believe he was 10 of 12. I know he was four or five from three. And then the second game, uh, he wasn't uh, he wasn't as good. I think six turnovers, very inefficient. I think five for 14 was the field goal. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was like four for <laughs> 14. Four for 14. So it, it was not good. But he still found ways to kind of affect the game. He rebounded well. He played decent enough defense, granted, like the guy he's guarding isn't exactly like someone who's going to attack him as much, but like, yeah, he had a rough go at it. And it kind of goes back to my main thing with him that I've definitely did notice, even in the game he went, he went, but not like bonkers in the first game. He does, he's not really able to create, like he's not able to really create at all. Yeah, that's true. A lot of his um, made shots were either catch and shoot uh, threes or, you know, kind of just uh, there was a few off the dribbles. But other than that, it was pretty wide open for the most part. But I mean, I got to say his defense is uh, getting there. But sadly, from the highlights that I saw it, uh, I mean, they just had better offense in some ways. Yeah, and like this actually could bode well for him in that he's gonna feed off of uh, Fox and Sabonis mostly, and like he, you know, he's a pretty, he seems to have pretty good feel for the cut. It's just I am and like you know he could shoot, which I do not expect. Like he's going to be able to like work off a of better talent. There, there simply isn't that great of talent in, in the California Classic. 
Like, no, no disrespect to these people, but like when you're, he's going to be playing with De'Aaron Fox, he's going to be playing with Sabonis, you know, very good creators who are going to be able to create for him. And like, he plays like a role player. That's kind of, that's kind of my main takeaway from him. Yeah. And he definitely looks like a really polished player, especially coming out of college and pretty excited for him for, you know, when the NBA season does start. And also, like, the the California Classic, the two games, they honestly did not run much for him. They'll run a down screen for him every now and then. But, like, for example, I just felt like I saw way too much Keon Ellis dribble handoffs for some reason. And, like, you know, uh, Frankie Ferrari, like, you know, trying to throw a lot to Kata, like, on the other side of the rim. I took, he, he's, he's a good player, but he can't really throw lobs. But they, he just wasn't, like, he just wasn't getting, like, set up much either. So, like... It's not a great environment for Keegan to thrive, but like I'm impressed. He looked like the best player out there. He looked like an NBA player. Yeah, I wish uh, I saw more of his possessions through the highlights, but I mean, from what I've seen so far, I mean, he looks pretty nice. Um, he is a very strong rebounder. Like he actually like really fights for rebounds. He, you know, he has good instincts as well. There was one play I think in the third game where, you know, basically he gets caught on a screen, ends up. He tries to actually get back to his man, but senses that, you know, senses that Kata is up on his man. So he actually backs up and reads the lob and blocks the guy. Like he has good feel. And like part of me thinks he could be a bit of a rim protector at the four, or like a decent, an okay one. I mean, like someone who can kind of protect the rim there. So like I'm looking forward to that. Very good rebounder, as I mentioned. Also, you mentioned highlights. Not a lot of transition highlights, which I, I was very disappointed by. Like, I, I mm. wanted more from him. And, like, that was, like, the first thing that Hoop Intellect talked about. Great transition finisher. Just didn't get that many opportunities. And, honestly, even in transition, there were some nice moments. But I expected a little bit more from him. Yeah, from the few highlights I saw him in transition where he, you know, <laughs> I guess you could say going coast to coast. Uh, it was, I mean, he it was pretty smooth. I mean for most part, it's pretty much open lane for him because the other uh, team's defenders weren't really defending him that much. But, I mean, hopefully uh, we'll see some more when the when it comes, I guess. His, his first game is against, or in the summer league, it's going to be against Paolo. Everyone's mm-hmm. hyped about Paolo right now. Let's see if Keegan Murray can take some of that shine. Um, uh-huh. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Kata. Kata was just simply bigger and stronger than a lot of guys out there. Um, there was there were moments where he kind of got abused a little bit by the Miami Heat Center, where basically like he was just he, he's going to struggle defending stretch fives. And like even in the Laker game, like he just worked him out there like, you know, he, he his instinct is to defend the rim. And then like he just doesn't close out strong against like, you know, his man if he can shoot. Yeah, same with his kind of like positioning. I feel like he he lays off the paint a lot uh, when he defends because you know uh, throughout these few games is a lot of stretch fries, like you said. Um, yeah, I wish he guarded the paint more, but you know it leaves that open man really. Again, he like his scoring. I actually really liked a lot of his scoring. Like he, like he really did a lot of the fake dribble handoff, drive to the rim, and just simply overpowered the guy. Don't know if he can do that in the NBA, but like, you know, I like his aggressiveness. He showed me something, but I, I wanted to see like, you know, some more passing. I do not remember him making any really good passes during the entire thing. 
Yeah, that's true. It's a lot of just handoffs and uh, short passes. But eh, like I said, we'll we'll see when it uh, it comes down to the summer league. Um, the, the the other guy that just wanted to quickly talk about Keon Ellis. Like, I like Keon's defense, although, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm always paying attention to the offense more than anything else. On offense, he's very Buddy-esque to a certain degree, mm-hmm. in that as soon as he starts dribbling, I cringe a little bit. It's <laughs> not really his game, not not yet anyway. And, like, his, you know, basically, as soon as he dribbles the ball, I, I don't trust him to finish. I He's likely going to turn over the ball. And like his shot, like this, some you know, in summer league or in, in the California Classic, he just did not hit it. If he hits the shot, I think that's going to be a huge plus because his defense is definitely a plus. He is an aggressive, like on ball hawk, and that and he can also make plays and he plays hard out there on defense. If the shot falls, that is going to be the key. Yeah, I mean, offensively, you can't really say much about Ellis because you know, it's. It showed uh, quite a lot of uh, negatives for him in the highlights, but defensively, he, he's pretty sticky, I got to say, especially on a one-on-one type of defensive plays. But in terms of uh, team defense, I feel like he should uh, help a little more <laughs> because I just see him stand there sometimes. Um, and also, I mean, this is, I just have to keep mentioning this. He's, he's going to need to get stronger. He's he's 6'5 or 6'4 barefoot. 165 pounds Ooh, now granted really? no one there it wasn't noticeable like in in the california classic as far as i can remember like but he people say he's going to be our wing defender he is not going to guard any wings no. like he is going to get pumped by by bigger stronger guys and he's going to need to add a little bit of weight like he is legitimately the the wing point guard, guard version of Chet right now. Like, he's, he's not going to last, especially if that shot isn't going to fall. Like, he's going to need to add some muscle, and we'll see We'll see where, where he is at that point. Mm. I, I feel like you're going to have to give this guy another year, maybe in the, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, G League to uh, develop a little more, especially, yeah, like you said, in his weight. <laughs> he is on a two-way along with Kata, so, like, they'll be probably going back and forth and you know hopefully mm. he can get some he can get reps in the g league and just yeah get get into a strength for training program that is like the thing i just cannot ignore like six five one sixty five that is ridiculously light mm, i see yeah to be honest i'm not gonna expect kata to be in the main roster that much especially since we still have len too so We'll, we'll get to that in a little mm. bit. But oh. like, the the idea, like I want to see, I want to see Kata be the third center. Like he probably, although watching this, he probably isn't ready for it. But like, I, come on, like at a certain point, we just we just have to like look towards the future and just try and develop a guy. Like you know, try help even live with some of his mistakes. You know, mm-hmm. like at a certain point, you just can't you can't keep sacrificing like development for wins. Now this year might be the year that we actually like start winning, hopefully for the sake of our sanity. But like at the same time, like at a certain point, you got to just stick, you got to like look towards the future at least a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I really do want Kata to play a lot more since, you know, didn't really see him play last season, but hopefully, yeah, we'll get to see him more in the next season then. 
so um, Summer League or Kings Summer League starts tomorrow, uh, July 9th. The Kings will be taking on Orlando or specifically Paolo Bancaro. And uh, are you excited for that? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think I saw uh, small highlights uh, when he went against, I believe, Houston. And uh, yeah, poor yeah, Jabari, man. He's gonna he's gonna have a miserable time. <laughs> if if it is gonna turn out how I think it is, he's gonna have a miserable time in Houston. And like n- now, I understand why he was sad on draft night. <laughs> uh, I don't know <laughs> but, because those damn guards just did not like set him up. Like he's not really a self creator. He's more of like, you know, a pick and popper or like a pick and roller. Those motherfuckers didn't do that for him. And and I don't know if Jalen green can do that. I don't know if Kevin Porter jr. Is the guy to do that. It's one of those things where I was like, they might've wished they kept John wall. Mm, No, I mean, like you said, this is the summer league or whatever, their league that they played in uh, prior to summer league is, but uh, yeah, I mean, once uh, the regular season starts, I'm pretty sure he'll see some looks. Um, actually, who is their new point guard at the moment? Well, right now in summer league is Ty Ty Washington, who, who, who was, who was good, but it's just, they did not pass him the ball enough. And like, again, he's not really a self creator and just like, it lo- he looked a lot worse than he really was. And like Paolo kind of dominated him because of it, because Paolo can put the ball on the ground and create. And yeah, it's poor, poor Jabari. Like you almost wish like he, he came to Sacramento instead, <laughs> honestly, like it's gotten, it, it might be, it might be that bad. We'll see. I'm not really a believer in Houston. Like, again, I'm not a fan of KPJ at all. Jalen Green's not that kind of guy, not that kind of uh, what's it called uh, playmaker. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll make something work. Either that, you know, I guess scrap the season and look for and look for something in the what you call it off season. Okay, uh, so first game will be against Orlando. Second game against Indiana. Benedict mm. Ma- Benedict Matherin. Uh, we'll see how that one goes. Um, and then we'll be playing Oklahoma City uh, on Wednesday. Let's oh so you'll be going up against Chet. Did you yeah. see the did you see the clips of Chet? I have not yet, but I've seen the stats. His stats were pretty nice, especially those six blocks. Those six blocks. However, the second game, I, I, his name is, escapes me. I think it's Kenny something, Kenny Thornton. I, I don't remember. But but basically, like Kenny is a guy that is a bit thicker. He's got some he's got some mass about him. And just moved Chet like it was nothing. Mm. Like Chet is going to have problems against wings. Like forget centers. Like there are going to be fours that are just going to literally move him like it's nothing. And hopefully, like you know, his length can hold up. But man, he just got he got pumped in the second game. Granted, <laughs> he still played. He played well. But it's just I I kind of want to see Keegan Murray go at him. Keegan Murray, Keegan, like, he's got some strength about him. Like, the one thing, like, that, the few transition plays that he did, some of the drives he did, he's got some, he's got some grown man strength about him. Yeah, he backed out uh, quite a few guys, especially in the post, too. I, I didn't expect to see uh, many, you know, uh, post moves from him, but, I, I mean, they, they showed in the highlights, too. So, Kyle, pretty excited for that, <laughs> oh, even though we don't usually post anymore. 
Uh, last game will be against Phoenix. I'll be honest, I don't know who's going to be on their summer league team. Uh, that's It's going to be the first time I hear about them. Uh, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Uh, okay, so that will cover summer league. Again, Keegan Murray, like I'm I'm liking what I see. Like I think he he's gonna fit beautifully in the offense. Kata and Keon, we'll see how we'll see what those guys turn out to be. But you know, so far so good. And also Kings went undefeated in California Classic, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Do you think we're gonna take the summer league and win that ring? I don't know. Do we it's this is weird to say. Do we have enough talent to do that? Hmm. We probably do. I mean, like, I mean, looking back, last year wasn't exactly like you know brim with talent either. Like, we'll, we'll see. I mean, and also this year, summer league, they get rings. I know. Did you see uh, what they look like? They look nice. They, yeah. I mean, they look like championship rings, except it just says summer league on them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it does look pretty nice. I mean, it kind of sucks. Like last year, we didn't get one, even though last year was pretty awesome, but. Yeah, well, that, that's just the luck of the king sometimes, right? They just just always get, like, the short end of the stick on these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Hey, you never know. Maybe we will win this year, too. Possibly. Back to back. <laughs> I mean, why not? Let, let's let's go for it. Repeat. I mean, we just we got to defend our championship. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's move on to some more Kings news, but it's not related to on the court, or depending on how you look at it, could be on the court. But... Uh, so Sam Amick released an article saying that the Kings are, you know, making, trying to make moves um, and that they look for them to be like a sneaky contender to be a, a third team in the Durant sweepstakes. Now you, you asked me, are the Kings going to get Durant? No, they're not going to get Durant. <laughs> uh, they're not going to get Durant, uh, but they could like, you know, sneak in like a Joe Harris. Like, you know, just kind of sneakily take away Joe Harris. Like, I, I think I think I read something. I don't know how true it is, but apparently uh, Lakers want Seth Curry as opposed to. OK, so, no, they're trying to get Kyrie, but they're they're trying to get Seth Curry along with Kyrie and they don't want to get Joe Harris. Now, when you're the Lakers, I don't know why you're actually like even demanding anything like beggars cannot be choosers right now. I don't think they understand their position. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as we give up something of equal or better value, I feel like I would go for it. But man, it, it's going to get messy when that Durant trade does go down. Well, you know, uh, I'll just say I don't care how many draft picks. It will be worth it. Kind mm-hmm. of. Kind mm-hmm. of. I, I don't actually I should don't know because like. You know, he has been missing a lot of games in the regular season as of late. Granted, they he they he has to do everything. He has to play defense and do what he does on offense, which always just I always feel bad for guys who have to do that who don't get the coverage. But like man's killing himself. And all because of this, you know, one guy who, you know, doesn't want to take the vaccine. And also just honestly, even if he had taken the vaccine, there's no guarantee he plays that many games anyways, because he always gets injured. So, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, so look for that. Like, of course, again, don't get your hopes up about a about a Durant trade, but they could get in get into like a three-team thing and finally maybe get some get some kind of uh get some kind of asset out of it. Like again, a Joe Harris, I think, would help the team. Now, of course, that would kind of go into, you know, there's a lot of spacing, there's a lot of shooting, but somebody got to play defense out there, and we'll still have to address that. But hey, talent is talent, and Joe Harris is a good talent. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they still have Ben Simmons, and I doubt they're gonna get rid of him anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so also James Ham has said that from what he's heard, he doesn't believe that the Kings are done. They have, they have at least one more move that they're going to try and make, if not two, just to kind of fill out the rest of the roster. Because right now you, you look at this team, like it is very deplete, depleted of wings. Like Keegan, I don't think is really a three. What, what were your thoughts when you saw him? Uh, he, I mean, he looked pretty big. I'm not going to lie. I expected a little smaller from him, but he looked. <laughs> Yeah, he he definitely looked like a four to me. I just don't think he can keep up with like some of the threes. Like he's not got great like lateral quickness. And granted, like Barnes doesn't exactly have any, and he's probably going to be our three anyways. Um, yeah, I just I just think like you know if in a perfect world like Keegan backs up Barnes, but like Kings don't have enough depth for him to really back up Barnes. He is going to start next to Barnes if anything. If Barnes is still on this team. Yeah, I could see that. But like you said, we're not really uh, a wing-heavy team. So, yeah, we'll see what we could get. And uh, in terms of trades, I actually don't know who you're thinking of uh, us getting, actually. I mean, like, I honestly, I don't know. Like, the, the best-case scenario is, like, trading Rashawn for a wing somehow. Mm. Like, I, I just don't know who that is, you know? Like, I mean... I, if you could like get somebody on the minimum, like say last year, I wanted the Kings to sign James James Ennis, for example. Like he's still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, other than that, I don't really know what else you can do to entice anyone. Like you don't, you basically you basically don't have your draft picks anymore because of trading for Kevin Herter. The protections make it so you can't really move your draft picks for a while. Um, so. Yeah, like draft picks aren't aren't going to be in play. Like if they were in play, like I, I would have loved for the Kings to make a move for OG Ananobi somehow, but that's not going to be an option. No, we're going to have to give up a a pretty penny for him for sure. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't know who that wing is, but like you never know. Like somebody could just randomly become available for no reason. There is one guy that I do. Like, I'll mention him, but I don't think it will happen but primarily because of the money and the Kings don't have cap space. But, like, Miles Bridges is in limbo right now. Yeah. And, like, he would <laughs> and he would fit on this team. But, like, with how icky his – oh, man, that, that yeah. domestic violence stuff, that, that was brutal. That's brutal. Like, I, honestly, I don't really want the Kings to touch him. But, like, he's a guy that would theoretically fit on this team. Yeah, if it weren't for that kind of – problems then uh i would consider it but we'll, we'll see how that one you know fares off i guess because uh, i mean it speaks volumes he's still not signed I, I think he ultimately does get his money but like oof, god that's a rough one i mean he he has a lot of uh stuff under his belt especially with uh his some of his postings on ig and all that so i have not i have not followed that i just know like he has like a rap career and just Apparently, this is not the first time he, you know, his 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 wife claims this is not the first time it's happened, and uh, even like the son was like speaking about it. it, it it's ugly, and uh, yeah, domestic violence is the, the, that shit is unforgivable, and he he's he's an icky one, but like he's theoretically the type of guy the Kings need. Yeah, well, we'll see. 
Uh, to, to go back to the kind of the KD situation, you you might have noticed that no moves have happened since like that first barrage of moves, which usually is how free agency works. But you'll notice that like again, a guy like Miles Bridges has not been signed. Uh, Colin Sexton still hasn't gotten an extension, and like DeAndre Ayton still in Phoenix right now, still not like he still hasn't gotten an extension. He still hasn't signed a qualifying offer. He still hasn't like signed a, uh, a an offer sheet. Like everything's in stalemate right now until the KD situation is resolved because people are kind of holding back to see if they can somehow get into the sweepstakes. Mm. Yeah. Gosh, dang. It's going to be a while then if, uh, <laughs> this happens because I, in my opinion, I feel like Kitty's going to stay uh, at, in the Nets. That's my opinion. I mean, c- c- do, do, do you want to see a reunion of Kyrie or no, of uh, Durant and Westbrook? No, no, not really. But I'll be pretty surprised if uh, that trade does go down. If uh, Kyrie gets moved to the Lakers and Westbrook to the Nets, that'd be. Uh, that'd be a pretty interesting uh scenario like again i I get that this is how negotiating works but apparently like the lakers don't want to include a draft pick in that and grants i can get why because Kyrie is unreliable as hell and honestly Kyrie likes his trade value isn't that much greater than that of westbrook's because Mm -hmm. you just cannot rely on him to play games and with kind of just some of his personality quirks, like it's so, it's such a risk. So, but at the same time, you have, I think you have to give up a draft pick to get rid of Westbrook. Westbrook. I mean, I'd probably do it if I were the Lakers just to get someone just better than Westbrook, to be honest. Uh, but in the, in terms of the net situation, I mean, you get a draft pick, sure, but then you have to deal with Westbrook now, who is no. no you don't. You don't just have to deal with Westbrook. You have to deal with Westbrook and Ben Simmons. Oh God! Oh dear God! Yeah. Like I said, I can't see it happening. That's that seems a pretty far fetched. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that situation goes. But yeah, the Kyrie trade apparently won't happen until the KD issue is quote unquote resolved. So the whole league is going to be in a stalemate. And like, so, you know, the Kings kind of are involved in that. Like they don't want to, they don't want to trade away Harrison Barnes or Rashawn Holmes right now, because you never know, like, you know, could you sneak into that deal? And again, extract a Joe Harris type from there. I mean, they don't have Bruce Brown and Bruce Brown would have been a good pickup, but like, he's not, he's not on that team anymore. So, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a bit, I I won't say it's going to be a long time, but like, it's going to be, it's going to be quiet for a bit. Mm, which is too bad because I kind of want to see a pretty, excuse me, a pretty big move from the Kings uh, pretty soon. I would say. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they can do. Again, they've they've basically given up essentially all their draft picks, even though technically they only really gave up one. But the protections on it kind of hamstring you to not be able to do anything for a while with your draft picks. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what Magic Monty can work on this one. Um, 
Moving on, uh, Kings hire uh, Jazz Utah Jazz head video coordinator Charles Allen to work as the Kings video coordinator and special assistant to Mike Brown. So I thought that was really interesting. And yes, I did ask around on Kings Twitter. Apparently, he is good. Apparently, he's uh, been around. Okay, yeah, I actually looked up his LinkedIn, and he's been a video coordinator uh, quite a while. I mean, starting as an assistant with, uh, I believe, University of Houston, then moving on to uh, – the Suns and the Rockets, then becoming the head uh, in Utah. So it's, it sounds like he has a pretty good uh, rap sheet in terms of uh, being that guy, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what this turns into. Like, it seems like Mike, he has a relationship with Mike Brown, I believe, which is why Mike Brown like recommended him. And mm. yeah, like Mike Brown seems to be able to like pick, pick his guys. And that's a good thing. Yeah, that's good. It's just, uh, I guess it's kind of too bad that uh, pretty much most of our assistant coaches are kind of gone at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it is sad to see them go, but like, you know, again, you you want you want Mike Brown. Mike Brown is going to come in and try and reshape the culture. And in order to reshape the culture, he's going to need like guys he can trust, and mm-hmm. like his guys that know that basically speak the Mike Brown language. And this is unfortunately just but part of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Also, this this one surprised me. Kane's hired Leandro Barbosa as an assistant. So I, I thought that was really interesting. I, I know he had been working with the Warriors, but like that is again, that is very interesting to like, you know, I'm I don't know if Barbosa like strives to be a, a head coach someday, but like I like I like Barbosa when he played. I I don't know like the extent of like just what he does as a player development coach in the in the Warriors, but he has been involved, and this will be again just interesting to see how this one goes. Yeah, it'll be pretty interesting. I would say he'd be more of a vet and I guess a like a players coach. I guess you could say uh, since you know he has played the game and you know could give uh, our Kings some tips. He uh, was very good. He kind of is Doug Christie in a way, if you think about it. Hmm. Okay. I mean, especially since he played for the Warriors too, maybe he could give us some tips about it. <laughs> and yeah, you want like the, like the role players are usually the guys that you want to teach the other guys, like how to run the system. And we'll see how much of the system, like Mike Brown inherits from the Warriors. But like, again, I don't know how, I don't know what this is going to be, but again, like, I don't hate it. I actually kind of like it, even though like I don't really have a logical reason to. But you know, I I like I, I guess I like where this is going to a certain degree, just by mm-hmm. kind of my gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one person that is leaving uh, is Rico Hines. I, I forgot how many years he's been around, but he's kind of been a staple, a uh, very well respected player development coach around the league. Has been a kind of a staple here in Sacramento for a bit. And uh, he leaves to join the Raptors staff um, along with Pascal Siakam, who he works with during the summer. Yeah, uh, I believe I saw he was here with us for three seasons. Uh, so, I mean, it's great that he could find uh, somewhere to go after, you know, all this tobacco with um, where not, you know, who's staying or who's not. But yeah, that's pretty great that he uh, got a spot in the Raptors. Yeah, and I imagine like he'll he'll be a valuable asset to them, and like you know to bolster their already really good de- development uh, developmental program. Mm-hmm. Um, last note for the Kings. Uh, so Sasha Vez- Vezenkov. 
So he was originally going to meet with the Kings in Las Vegas and basically talk about like whether he's going to come over or not, probably talk about contracts. Um, but he canceled the meeting and will reportedly just wait for an offer from the Kings. Now the details of like kind of his contract, I believe has like a buyout that's around $700,000 and the Kings could, I think, offer him essentially the minimum, but like they can, they also have enough left in their uh, mid-level after signing Malik Monk that they can actually offer him like a four-year deal with like, like basically for essentially just over the minimum. Hmm. I mean, uh, I don't know what his situation is like in terms of uh, the week he's playing in now, but I mean, I I would I would, in my opinion, I would give it up to go to NBA. I don't know what his situation is like right now. I I mean, like he is a star over in in Europe or the the team that he plays for, so I kind of get why. Like, if you're just gonna come here and like. You're going to play play behind Chemezi Metsu because he's going to have to fight for a spot. And mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in training camp. But, like, if let's just say you don't beat out Chemezi Metsu, you're stuck on the bench for possibly four years. Like, I, I can see why he, not, he wouldn't be down for that. Like, you only get the one t- chance to, you know, be a basketball star. And granted, you only get one chance to get into the NBA. But, like, you want to just be in the, an NBA bench warmer or you want to be a star? Yeah, that's pretty tough, I'd say. But mm, I, I was kind of excited, to be honest, to see uh, what he's like in terms of, uh, you know, I guess a role. I, guess, I mean, a role player for our team because I mean, I've just heard that he's just a kind of like a Belichick in a lot of ways. And yes, he—that's what I was about to say. And like on the low scale, he's probably like a a bit more of a mobile. Um, mobile Bielitsa without like his passing skills he is not he is not Peja Stoyakovich and I saw some people bring that up like oh wow. let's, let's relax <laughs> let's relax on that but you know uh, it probably will just come down to money and probably even like essentially per year I think is what he would be looking for because I would be very skittish about signing a four-year deal, like just getting paid the minimum, even though it is like $4 million and it's more than what he's making over in Europe, but like you're stuck for four years. I'm not a fan of that at all. Yeah, that's true. Uh, We'll see how the, you know, roster situation works out because if we, you know, make some trades and maybe move some guys, I mean, we could probably offer him a deal uh, afterwards. Okay. For the final segment of the show or this episode, uh, I'm just going to ask Fong some questions about some recent signings because last time uh, we talked, the signings had not happened yet. It was actually before free agency. So I I already recorded a podcast um, uh, just kind of with my own personal thoughts, but I have not actually spoken to you since about these trades. We spoke briefly through text, but um, so... So uh, let's get your thoughts about some of the signings, uh, the Kings' signings. Let's start with the Kings. I I mean, Uh, Malik Monk, what did you think of the signing? I actually like it. Um, He's pretty much like, in my opinion, you know, a cheaper buddy in a lot of ways. Uh, You know, his defense isn't, you know, that spectacular. But other than that, I mean, his shooting's real nice. And I'm pretty excited for that Fox uh, Malik Monk uh, connection. We'll see if it's still... uh, still there after like what four or five years now since they've been in college together 
I'm, yeah, something like that. He, so De'Aaron will be entering his sixth year, so somewhere around there. But yeah, like they are apparently really close. I had not, I did not realize they were this close with each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Malik Monk's Instagram profile is literally him and Fox now. They're like that tight. And, yeah. you know, on the court, he's a good shooter. He was a bright spot in that Lakers dumpster fire last year. Like he provided like a lot of really good offense uh, and just, he has some off the dribble create, you know, some, he can dribble the ball, <laughs> like unlike Buddy. And I won't mm-hmm. cringe every time like he dribbles the ball and he can attack the rim a little bit. He can, fi- he can finish decently well. And like, this is one of the things I don't hear people talking about that much. He is an instigator. He's a, he's a pest. He's a guy that likes to piss people off. And, you know, we've talked about the Kings not ha- haven't, he, they've had a lot of like, for lack of a better word, some soft guys, some nice guys, so guys who just, you know, out there just to play the game, won't say anything, won't say anything to you, won't fight back, if you will. Like if someone punches them in the mouth, they'll more or less just take it. And like, they're, they're not talented enough to fight, to, you know, bite back a lot of the time. Well, they have a guy now that is going to, he's going to piss people off. He's going to instigate. He's going to talk shit. And he brings an attitude to this team. Mm-hmm. And at a pretty good cost too. What was it? Like two years, 19 mil? Yeah, two years, 19 mil. Someone brought up, someone brought up. So Kevin Herter earns around 14, I think 13 or 14 million. I think it's 14 million towards the end of his contract. Uh-huh. Like combined, so 14 and nine, that's 23 million. And Buddy, like last year was like 20 million just by himself. So like, it's not so much like if Buddy earned like what Malik Monk did, that'd be terrific. It's the fact that he's 20 million and like, he just is very inconsistent shooter and doesn't play any defense. And so this, I think the signing is a win overall. Again, I I like Malik Monk's offense. I've kind of turned around on it like last year, but like the defense is a concern. And at some point, somebody's going to need to play defense on this team. Like it it was like, was this worth just completely giving up on Dante DiVincenzo in your opinion? Uh, That's tough because I'd rather have Dante in my opinion, but I mean, Malik Monk's probably a good second in my opinion for the price we're going to have to pay. Uh, so it is what it is, I guess. Part of me, like, this is revisionist history. I don't think it would have worked, but like part of me wished they kind of used this because like Gary Payne got the same money essentially for, for, uh, port from Portland. And uh-huh. part of me kind of wanted to like, like revisionist history. I didn't think of this at the time, but like part of me, like wish the Kings used, used the money they, they used on Malik on Gary Payton instead and just add another year. Hmm. I feel like Fox would have a say in this because uh, if I remember, I watched uh, an interview between Monk and our head social media guy for the Kings. I forgot his name. And um, we uh, mentioned that Fox was a huge reason why, um, you know, he's here with the Kings right now. I mean, they've known each other since eighth grade. So pretty much they're pretty close with each other. So I'm gonna, I want to say Fox had a say in this. Well, also the other thing, the other part is that the Lakers didn't want to pay him. 
Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. part of it is because they don't have money. Um, I imagine if they actually had money, they would pay him. But like, you know, like the 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 night before, like Mark Stein was like reporting that the Kings are going to give Malik Monk, and this was a thing that was like it, had, it got a lot of traction even before it was announced, and they literally signed him like right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they were looking at him, and again. Uh, I somebody's gonna need to play defense, but apparently his defensive numbers last year were actually pretty good. I don't know. I I watched him play against the Lakers. Like De'Aaron tor- absolutely lit his ass up in one game. <laughs> I, I don't know, but like maybe his defense is not as bad as it is. And like I like what he brings on offense. He's a he's he's a create. He's a good finisher, good shooter. He brings an entire package and could be a very good microwave guy off the bench or possibly starting although i do not like the idea of him starting next to fox because again somebody needs to play defense it ain't going to be either one of them that's true so i yeah i feel in my opinion i feel like he's gonna start i'm not gonna lie if uh, fox is out there i i feel like he would want monk next to him i don't think it's gonna go that extreme because mm-hmm. the the guy that makes sense starting next to fox the king's also traded for kevin herter um, what were your thoughts when you first heard heard about this one? Uh, I, I like the trade. Uh, I mean, Justin Holiday not doing so much for you know the half season we had him, even though he did pretty well with Indiana before. Uh, Mo Harkless, pretty sad to see him go because he's he was pretty much our vet and you know one of the only other guys that could play uh, defense really. And we also got rid of uh, what. Well, it's top 12 protected, I believe. So top 12, I think, um, in 2024, top tw- top 10 protected in 2025, and I believe top eight in 2026. So, yeah, it's a <laughs> – I mean, I don't mind it as long as it's pretty much nothing when it comes down to, you know, uh, those years. But, hey, Kevin Hurd's a pretty good baller, I got to say. Um, in terms of defense, I – not too familiar with it he's fine for the most part he, he's lo- he's big he's six seven like yeah. six seven six eight he's big he's pr- he's not crazy long i think around a six six wingspan like it's not as nothing spectacular but like because he's so big like it actually like from the defensive clips i've seen like he can like defend he's not exactly a lockdown defender by any means but knows positioning and is is a is a smart defender for the most part mm, okay yeah, for him being his size, I would expect him to play the three. But yeah, I, I could I guess he's probably gonna stick with the two, I'd say. I, I don't think he's really a three, really. I mean, he can play the three because of the size, but he's not really yeah. a three. And yeah, like yeah. he makes sense as a starter next to Fox, just because mm. he can shoot and he can provide some size, some you know, much needed size, like it, it, around the wing, around the wings. Like the Kings have had issues with like really small twos for the past few years, and or like one or basically they're either two, or like the, basically they either couldn't play defense or were too small, mm-hmm. and or couldn't shoot like Justin Holiday. It was just a weird, bizarre thing. Hopefully the the shooting play does not hit Herder and Malik. And the herder, I think, will fit next to Fox. Like, you got another shooter who doesn't need the ball to be effective and can guard, can effectively guard twos for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I could see it uh, working out better. But, yeah, I guess we'll see when, uh, I guess, the regular season starts. 
Yeah, I don't I don't see Malik starting. I, I don't think King, I don't think Fox has that much influence. Like that is mm-hmm. LeBron levels of influence. And I don't even think LeBron would do that <laughs> type thing. Um, but we'll we'll see. I think Herder will end up winning the starting job. It doesn't sound like it's actually decided yet. They will figure this out in training camp. We'll see how it goes. I'm still at like if we're gonna start Malik, like I'd rather just I'd rather just start Davion next to Fox. I see. Before yeah. before even considering Malik, because again, somebody has to play defense on this team. Let's see how how big's Malik again? Oh, mm-hmm. six three. He's and he's like a small six three. He's uh, like even probably only six two, and I don't think he's long either. So, yeah, I could see why then. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if you want to go all offense, go for it. But like again, at some point, somebody does need to you know lock up on the other side. That's true. Yeah, I could see Herder being that guy. Okay, I got this question for you, and this is from J- this is specifically from James Ham bringing this up. Should so with the with the Nets in turmoil, and I just mentioned that the Kings could sneak in as a third team. Now they could sneak in Joe Harris and like you know be the team that takes on Joe Harris, but the other option is they could take on Ben Simmons. Oh gosh, what should the Kings try and go for Ben Simmons? Oh my gosh, we're coming full circle again with uh, this Ben Simmons stuff, huh? Oh, we are. Uh, yeah. I mean, were we giving up really? What Harrison Barnes, Rashawn? Rashawn in the perfect world, yes. In a perfect world, just those two, or even add a pick in. Um, I think you would probably have to add a pick in because, like, I mean, you are like getting a pretty like contrary to popular belief, he is a good player. <laughs> like, he let's is. not forget that. Mm-hmm. Ah man. Uh at this point, that's tough to say. I would do it. It depends on the price. And Harrison Barnes and Rashawn is gonna have to be a must in this trade, but I'm just wondering what kind what kind of pick we're gonna have to give up. Okay. Uh so what about this? What if you have to get a fox in that deal? Oh no. Then no, probably, I'll, I'll quit. I probably wouldn't do it, to be honest. I still like Fox over uh, Ben, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm in that train, too. That's why it won't happen, because this is a very weird thing. Well, not a weird thing, but I don't. I, it's kind of weird that James Hamm hasn't mentioned it. But Ben Simmons and De'Aaron can't be on the same team because of what's called the Derrick Rose rule, where you can't have two guys. Uh, you can't Basically, you can't trade for another player who's on their rookie on a max rookie extension, the five-year max rookie extension um, on the, you can't trade for another one when you already have one on your team. So in order to get Ben Simmons, you have to give up Fox. And I'm not for that. Uh, That I didn't know. And if that's the case, I probably wouldn't be a, probably wouldn't do it to be honest. Yeah. Which, which is unfortunate. I, I mean, like if you can give Ben Simmons and keep Fox on the team, maybe, but like, that's a, that's a spacing nightmare, but like, Ben Simmons is good and he again somebody needs to play defense on this team that would be Ben Simmons Mm -hmm. oh yeah okay all right so the last thing we're going to talk about here I hated this trade when it first went down (laughs) I've had time to think about it and I've kind of I've kind of started to warm up to it so what were your thoughts on the Rudy Gobert trade and if you need a, a quick recap, basically three unprotected picks, Walker Kessler, which is which was their pick this year, 
and a slightly, I think it's top five protected in 2029. Am I remember right? Uh, that I don't recall. But regardless of the like the complete detail, they gave up a lot of they gave up a lot of draft picks, and they also gave up Patrick Beverly, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Jesus Christ, why did I blank out so much on that? Jared Vanderbilt, and I think they gave up another player in there too, Malik Ble- Malik Beasley. Uh, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt uh, for Rudy Gobert. What were your thoughts when you first saw this trade? Uh, pretty, pretty pricey. <laughs> pretty pricey, I gotta say. Uh, in terms of the Utah side, I mean, shoot, they they got a lot back. <laughs> um, but for Minnesota, man, I, I don't know how the Twin Towers gonna work out for them. I like theoretically. They could work together because Carlton Towns can shoot. Like that's yeah. that just opens up so much for you. And you know, Rudy Gobert will be your rim runner. And you know, I, that could that I think that could be pretty potent on offense. It does clog the lane a little bit because again, like this is the thing about Rudy Gobert that I just I could I'd never get over. He has just such awful hands. Again, yeah. I I will die on this hill. I think Damian Jones has better hands and a better offensive player than Rudy Gobert. It is bad. And I just, I don't know if this is going to work out. And so what what was, so like, what was I, what was I thinking? So did you ever watch the uh, Trump? Did you ever watch the Donald Trump celebrity roast before? Ooh, it's been a while, but I watched it, but I don't recall much of it. Well, do you remember the Anthony Jeselnik uh, joke where he, he it was a joke on Jeff Ross, where it basically says, you know, it's been a it's been a rough year. We not only did the did the world lose Greg Giraldo, who had passed away recently, it kept Jeff Ross. Do you remember mm, that joke? Sadly, I do not. Well, here here's kind of my version of that joke. Not only did you give away five draft picks essentially uh you you give you gave up on patrick beverly you you gave up on jared vanderbilt you give up on malik beasley but worst of all you kept d'angelo russell okay why is he still on this team (laughs) (laughs) i i actually almost forgot he was still in that team so like that's the other so that so the guys i just mentioned Two, three of those guys wore your perimeter defense. And if you didn't know about like the Utah situation, Rudy Gobert is a one-man army, one-man army, like on defense, all on his own. Like he will get you a top 10 defense. The issue is the perimeter defenders were dog shit on that team. I don't really so the, now one of the good things they did keep Jane McDaniels, who's a terrific defender, great defender. And Anthony Edwards is, is, is a good defender in spurts. You're gonna run into the same problem, in my opinion, where you just don't have enough perimeter defenders, and Gobert is going to have to do everything on defense, and that will just that will cause like leakages. So that will have that will cause holes in your defense. And I don't know if that's sustainable. That being said, that will carry them to a top 10 defense. I think no matter what. And, you know, they gave up five draft picks, sure. But, like, those are – now, barring a devastating injury to Rudy Gobert, which I hope he stays healthy this entire time, 
barring an injury, those are not going to be good draft picks because they are going to win probably 50 games every year. Now, when they get to the playoffs, that's a whole nother thing, but they will win 50 games every year. So like the, the draft picks may be not as valuable as you might think, but this shitty homework, is it? That's really tough to say, to be honest. I mean, there's always a workaround uh, when going against Gobert, of course, but it's more of a team thing. And I totally forgot uh, D'Angelo's still there. I mean, they still have Anthony Edwards, and we'll see how you know that whole team works out. Uh, let's see, who's their third guy? So they have so it's a starting lineup. Like we'll we'll assume that D'Angelo Russell stays. So it'll be D'Lo, Anthony Edwards. I guess Jade McDaniel starts at the three. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Jane McDaniel it's, starts at the three. And then of course you have Cat and then Gobert. Yeah. I mean the starting lineup doesn't sound too bad, of course. It, it sounds pretty good for Minnesota, but that bench probably doesn't sound too great if I recall. They did add Kyle Anderson. That does oh, matter. Kyle Anderson okay. it, Kyle Anderson fits. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see how but again, I, like Kyle Anderson isn't exactly a lockdown defender either. He's more of a team defender and I just think you you run into certain issues in the playoffs no matter what with Gobert and the fact that you're going to end up like paying him like 40 million and like you're not going to be able to play him in the fourth quarters of like playoff games, that's going to be tough. And that brings me to the to the final to my final point. I'm not a believer in Cat at all, and uh-huh. you're asking him to the weak, to be the weak side rim protector. I don't know if he can defend on the perimeter. It it probably again it'll probably work in the in the in the regular season because like in the regular season there are a lot of teams that just cannot take advantage of two very slow footed guys for the most part. Gobert is okay on the perimeter. Cat is I think okay on the perimeter, but like. I just, I don't believe in Cat. I think he's a guy that will actually, I think he himself set the ceiling on this team. And like you just added another guy that definitely limits your ceiling for the most part. We'll see how Gobert fits in, like plays in another system that doesn't just make him drop back. Like it, maybe if they, you make him switch a little, maybe if you make him play in a little bit more of a complex scheme, maybe he can show more. That will probably be the key. Because Carl Anthony Towns is going to hold this team back, I think. Mm. Unless, I don't know if they can break through it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you know, if somehow Cat changes his mindset and becomes that, you know, star player we've always dreamed of, it's pretty true that you're saying that, uh, of you saying that there is a ceiling for this team. But, you know, you never know. Uh, I, I just think he's, I just think he's, his basketball IQ is very low. For my liking mm. and the fact that you he's he was drafted two years before deer and like so he's in his eighth he's going to go into his eighth year and in his seventh year like he's a like every few every now and then like he'll give you good shooting nights but he's a guy that doesn't handle double teams well you know just does is not a leader clearly because like you're in your eight you're you're entering your eighth year and the leader of your team is anthony edwards <laughs> like a second like granted a great leader like it's just he's not a leader and like his defense is questionable at best we'll see what he looks like next to Gobert he can cover up a lot of Carl Anthony Towns' shenanigans but he, he's not a guy you you give a max extension to and they uh, just did yeah and I guess my I guess I, I lied about my final point the other point is like the other point was that they had they had talks about getting Kevin Durant 
and they would not put in Anthony Edwards, which was understandable. Uh-huh. But they also wouldn't talk cat, which I don't, which I don't really get. Ooh. Oh, that. Ooh, I can imagine that team. That'd be pretty nice if they could get KD for Cat and uh, a lot of other stuff. But ooh, yeah, you know that that's Minnesota's problem, I guess. Again, like they will. I think that does this problem into top four in the West, in your opinion? Let me think about that. That's so hmm. they're they're not. I don't think they're better than the Warriors. No, they're probably not better than the Clippers. Are they better than Denver? Uh, no, I'd say they're top six. I think I can put them in the top four because I don't know if the Mavs are as good as them anymore. Well, I don't think the Mavs are as good as them since they lost Jalen Brunson. Maybe like Phoenix, although Phoenix is probably going to lose DeAndre Aiden. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in a perfect scenario, I could see top four, but I'm going to go low and say top six. I think they could consistently like you said go go make the playoffs but don't make too far into the playoffs i guess you could say and like for the people that keep like saying well the gobert is the statistically the most dominant defensive player of all time you watch you watch him play there are way too many moments where i see guys go at him with no fear <laughs> it's, it gets to a point where it's a bit hilarious and it's so ironic because Anthony Edwards shitted all over him last season and Patrick Beverly and all those guys that, and that now they're on the same team, but like they're team, like the best teams don't fear him at the rim. It, it's a, it's a real thing. And I just don't know if that can carry you into the, in, into a championship and you gave up so many, so many picks again, it might not matter because they're not going to be good picks, but you gave up this many picks for a guy that I don't think gets you past the second round. And you also saddled with yourself that you know you couldn't get past the first round with. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's kind of Minnesota's problem for the next however X May years. And yeah, we'll see uh how their future is because you know uh when does the draft pick start uh in terms of what they traded out? So 2023 is when it starts. So it's 2023, oh. 2025, 2027, and 2029. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like I said, they'll be consistently a playoff team, just uh not gonna do much. Let me ask you this final philosophical question. Like, okay. would you have actually like traded for KD? Now take this into context. Like, imagine let's just say you give up six draft picks because I, because, you know, lo and behold, like, big surprise, I think KD is worth more than Rudy Gobert. Like, let's say you give up six draft picks and Carl Towns for KD. You give or, give or take, you get about a three or four year window for, to possibly be a championship team. Uh-huh. Would you rather have that? Like a, say a two three years. Like honestly, I don't know how how much longer KD can hold up. Like say two or three year championship window, or would you rather have this deal where arguably you can have like the next five six years of like really strong stability of like fifty years at fifty wins every year, but chances are you're not going to get past the second round, and if everything breaks right, you maybe get to the Western Conference Finals. Would you rather have just done this trade, or would you have done the KD trade? Ah, man, that's tough because as much as I like Katie, 
you know, and with that window of potentially being a champion, that five to six year span, because we have more, uh, we would have more, I would believe more assets to, you know, make some moves uh, down the road to, you know, make our team stronger. But if we do an all out deal on KD right now, I feel like you're just giving up a lot of future just for uh, so little time. And it'll be a while for us to, you know, recuperate until we get to that level again. Do you remember what I said when Jimmy Butler took that shot in game seven? Uh, mm. The three against uh, the three against the Celtics, even though like he probably could have gotten it for a layup. Mm-hmm. I love that shot. I would have him take that shot every single time because guess what? I love guys who go, who go for it all, who risk it all and go for the kill shot. I know it's a three, four, two to three year window. And I know there is so much variability, like with Katie's health and all that. And like he, he, and he could very much leave at the end of his contract, but I will 100% trade for KD. <laughs> I will want to, because guess what? When you win a championship, when you have a chance to win a championship, you're in a different, you just become solidified in a different tier, if you will. Like you, you, you become immortalized. And if, you know, God forbid, like the Timberwolves win a championship, you are forever immortalized. You are getting a, you're getting a statue outside of target center. And you, you're just on a different tier when, you know, fans talk about you in terms of being one of the greatest. Like, oh my God, like, could you believe like Minnesota made it to the finals and won the championship? It's talked about in such a different manner than, you know, no disrespect to these guys, but like the Britain grind era, like Memphis Grizzlies, I'm pretty sure look very fondly up on that. And that's okay. Like the Kings would kill for an era like that. And like, but the fact that they like just were never really championship contenders, like you just don't get talked about in the national media. Like, like, you know, the 2019 Raptors. They had Kawhi for one year and, and you know, it, Kawhi's basically immortalized as well, as one of the best players in, in the league. Like, you know, even though he barely plays anymore, like it just, you just, you're just seen in such a different light after winning a championship or just being a threat to win a championship that I think, even though it's a much shorter window and like, it's so much riskier philosophically, I got to go for the kill shot. I, I would get, I would trade for Durant. And of course I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm completely out on car Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just am. And like, don't, you know, go bear, not, not the biggest fan, but I can't deny, like, I, I mean, I can't, I, I don't like, I don't hate your decision. Like again, he will get you regular season wins and maybe in a different scheme, he gets you wins in the playoffs. But as it stands right now, I don't really see it. And uh, again, while I don't hate this trade as much as I did at the beginning of all this, I still think it's I still think it's a bad trade. You gave up way too many assets for a guy. Again, that may not make that much of a difference when it really matters. Yeah, I mean, we'll see when the regular season starts <laughs> for them. Uh, but in terms of you know going back to the KD stuff, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough to call. I mean, we're we're giving up so much, like you said, it, what six draft picks and possibly more. To be honest, too. it's five total technically. Um, well, uh, like so, it, it's technically four draft picks: three unprotected, one protected draft pick, and then Walker Kessler again this year's pick. Uh huh. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> 
yeah, again, not, not the biggest fan of this. I just want to get your thoughts on this, but it seems like you approve of this, which it's, it's going to change our relationship a little bit. Going <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you going to buy a Rudy Gobert shirt because of this? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, if you bought me one, I would wear it. I, I don't mind. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you didn't pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, free free stuff is always good, but I don't know. I, I, I give Gobert too much shit. I will gladly give Carlton Towns all the shit in the world. He's got to prove me wrong. He 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 can turn it around. It is possible. I don't see it. And I mean, ultimately, I just think the, the Wolves made a lot of mistakes this offseason. In my yeah. Opinion. I mean, he can. He, I mean, he can for years on years. It's just he just has to, like, I don't know, just reset his mindset or something to uh, become that. Well, not really a leader anymore, but you know, become that role player for that team. And you know, for, like last year, he was like pretty obnoxious with his shit talking and just being really cocky. I don't, I don't know for, for better or for worse, Patrick Beverly isn't on that team anymore. I, I want to see if they lose a little bit of their edge because now you're placing with Rudy Gobert, who doesn't, as far as I know, have much of an edge. And if he has an edge, it's actually an edge that pisses off his own teammates more than anything. So we'll see how that works out. <laughs> there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of angles to this. And again, they gave up all their perimeter defenders basically. And I don't see it working out mm-hmm. nicely. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all I have on my docket. Um, do you have anything else you want to quickly talk about? Mm, not that I know it, but have you watched the Davion uh, episode three of uh, Trust Your Work? I have like t- I have like five minutes left, but uh, my takeaway is just that just keep just keeps working out. Just- yeah, I mean, you have like probably three second windows of him having fun and. All of a sudden, there's like five minute, uh, what you want to call it, montages of him working out. There was one scene where, like, where like they have a TV and like you clearly see them playing Call of Duty. It was it ended up being Warzone, and uh-huh. like I'm like, oh, oh, Davion plays Warzone. Oh no, he's in the next, he's in the next room watching tape. It <laughs> yeah. just doesn't stop. Yeah, he does not stop. I mean, you see him go to Universal. You see him go to you know a local restaurant in Sac, uh, Frank Fats. Um, other than that, I mean, you just see him in the gym 90, probably 99% of the time, really. I mean, granted, I, I mean, like, he probably does do other things. He probably just doesn't film it. But, like, yeah. well, I mean, I guess my one request is that I, I do hope, like, he, there's going to be cameos from, like, other Kings players, possibly, at some point. Uh, I did see him work out with Doug. That's why that, that was the one cameo. That, yeah, or I was gonna ask you if there was like gonna be an actual cameo like towards the end of like say Fox or you know, well not Dante anymore, but uh, uh like not that I Malik. know not that I know of, but he did they did say he played in uh you know, I guess a no recording uh game for one and a half hours with players that we don't know, so maybe there's that, but other than that, I don't recall any uh, cameos, to be honest. Uh, well, yeah, it's just a lot of him working out and working out and working out. It makes me really want to play, but you know, got got a bad got a bad ankle right now, so I can't. Uh, play. Yeah, I actually went to the gym today for like once. How'd that go? I'm tired. You're tired. I I actually so like because I injured my ankle, I couldn't I couldn't walk on it. 
And I literally just started walking again yesterday. And my, I came home like with my left leg sore. Like it's, it's just telling me that I need to get back in the gym. So at some point. Yeah. But I mean, with was it, is it still sore or do you think it's still it, sprained? It's still sprained. Oh, it's, still getting, it's getting better. Like it's not a, it's not a swollen monstrosity that, that it was. Ah, okay. Yeah, probably within the month, maybe then. Hopefully it's, it's getting rough. I want, I want to get back out there. I can't run yet. I can walk. It's just, I can't run. I guess you could do like upper body stuff for the meantime, right? We'll see. I, I might think about going to, going to swim tomorrow. I don't know. Oh, we'll that, see. That feels that sounds pretty rough on the legs. I guess if well, you do well, 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 specifically the ankle. So it's, uh, it's not going to be as bad. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. It's just slowly recovering. I've never iced this much in my life. I'll just say. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, well, that was a that was a ramble about nothing. Uh, so, yeah. do you have anything else? Uh, not that I know of. Pretty excited for tomorrow's game uh, against Powell. We'll see how that goes. Um, other than that, not much else to say, I guess. Okay, well, I'll definitely be watching that game. I want to see. I want to see him go at Paolo and uh, you know, just show out like. You know, unfortunately, we do not play Detroit. I do want to, I did want to see him go up against Ivy, who who looked kind of rough last night to start, just come way out of control. But like, you know, just some, maybe get some, maybe get at least like people, the national media to shut up a little bit about Jane Ivy. But yeah. as it stands right now, I'm 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 like I'm optimistic. I'm, I hope he has a good game against uh against Paolo. Yeah, actually, what time is that game? I kind of want to watch it. To it's be uh, one p.m. Okay, that should be fine then. Okay, well, um, that's well. I assume that's it for both of us. So I am gonna call it a day for this episode. Thank you guys uh, for listening to this one. Uh, hope you guys enjoy your very very hot uh, July month. And we'll be coming back to you guys with some content. Uh, we're, we might be reviving the Naruto rewatch. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, like, when that's going to come. We're going to mm. work on it. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later.